Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we are still in our series, No Big Deal. This has been an incredible series. The past few weeks, Pastor Justin has knocked it out of the park each week talking about who you hang out with. It's a big deal. Your friends, you know, they're a big deal. Temptation, how we deal with that is a big deal. Being in church is a big deal. And so we are gonna be wrapping up that series today. Last year, the Cherokee Nation uh, gave out uh, stimulus stimulus money to its tribe members. And I have one uh, 64th Cherokee in me, and which means when I scraped my knee when I was four, I, all my Cherokee blood went running down my leg. That's like, I'm, right? When I was in elementary school at Woodlawn Elementary in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, they would pass out, you know, hey, this is the list of the Native American events that are coming up, and I didn't want anything to do with those, right? I was like, I want to go watch Power Rangers and ride my bike, right? I don't want to do that. And, but whenever they're handing out money, I'm like, I'm Cherokee, right? It's like, that's kind of the way it goes like, yes, I... I've got my Indian card and my license plates, right? That's, so that's, I'm, I'm Cherokee. And so like a responsible adult, I got that money. And instead of saving it, investing it, paying off bills, I bought a Pit Boss 1000 SC wood pellet grill and smoker, <laughs> which, which makes sense uh, because if, when you hit your mid-30s, you either get really deep into World War II history or smoking meats. And I chose uh, the latter. And so that was my route that I chose when I hit uh, 35. But anyway, and with, with this uh, grill and, and smoker came this assembly and operation instructional man, instruction manual. And, and I read it. I wanted to make sure that it was put together properly so that it worked properly. Uh, I, I read it to make sure that I knew what to do in case it wasn't working. You know, the different procedures on how to start it up properly, what pellets to use, you know, what some proper temperature cookings. And if you're doing a steak, it is medium rare. But other than that, other than that, I mean, like that's, you know, it's all a suggestion. And so I was looking through that because I wanted to know how to fully utilize my smoker. And as followers of Christ, we have an instruction manual that is vital to our relationship with Christ. Shows us how to live, shows us how to treat other people, tells us what to do in certain situations. It gives historical uh, stories and, and, and evidence of, of Christ and, and, and the history in the Old Testament. And, and it all works together and it's vital to our relationship with Christ. But for a lot of us, this word isn't a big deal. For a lot of us, if we get around to reading it, we're like high-fiving people, we're posting on social media, we're putting the gold star on the refrigerator. But if we miss a day, it's like, eh, whatever. You know, there's been times where our morning routine has been really, really hectic, where I'm rushing to get out the door at the, at the, you know, the latest, last possible minute so I can get to work on time. And I'll get to work and I'm like, I forgot to brush my teeth. Like, it's like, not a big deal, right? You don't act like you're better than me. You know what's happened to you as well. You pop some gum in, you're like, I'll brush them on my lunch break. It's all, it's all good, right? Not a big deal. There's been times where you've driven a little past the suggested date or the suggested mileage on your car that has a little sticker in the window, right? Up, up top in the left-hand corner of your windshield. You've driven a little past that. Not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. For a lot of us, we kind of treat our Bible the same way. If I get around to it, okay. If not, eh, get around to it tomorrow. Maybe not. As followers of Christ, we need to be actively engaged in this word every day. 
man, if we really believe this is the word of God, we believe that it's true, if we believe that it's, it's what our faith is founded on, or we're not, not what our faith is founded in Christ, but it's where our faith is found, right? Where we look through the pages and we're able to read the words of Christ. Why would you not want to know what's in here? One of our beliefs here at Foundations Church is that the Bible is true and relevant for everyone today. The Bible is God's word to all people. The Bible was written by human authors, but it was inspired by God. And because it was inspired by God, its teachings are true and completely relevant to our daily lives. Today, we're gonna be reading out of Psalm chapter one and just kind of looking through those first three verses. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to that. If you have our FC app, you can open that up as well. We've got our sermon notes and the scriptures in there. And you can, man, our app is super convenient. It's, it's got a list of all of our events. You can sign up to serve, find connect groups, look through our sermons, watch old sermons. So make sure you, you have our FC app uh, if you haven't downloaded that yet. Uh, we also will have the stuff on the screen for you to follow along. But Psalm chapter one, verses one through three says this. It says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. There was a study taken between 2019 and 2020. I think it's an annual survey that the Barna Group and the American Bible Society take. And they said from 2019, 14% of American adults read the Bible on a daily basis. In 2020, that number dropped to 9%. 9% of adults read the Bible on a daily basis. If we would take 20 minutes a day, we could read through the Bible in the entire year. 20 minutes a day. The study actually said 15 minutes, but I'm a really slow reader and I lose track. And so I gave myself like a five minute cushion, right? So if you're a good reader, 15 minutes, really good, maybe like 13, I don't know. But like for me, I said 20 minutes, you could get through an entire year. I've asked a lot of people, hey, why don't you read the Bible? Why don't you read the Bible? And you get varied response, but a lot of answers because it's confusing. It's difficult to understand. If you read the book of Revelation and you're like, there's seals and there's dragons coming out of fiery lakes, like what is happening here? You read the book of Leviticus, a little confusing. I'll give it to you. And I'm about to make a terrible comparison. One of my favorite movies, uh, movie series is the Indiana Jones movie series. If you ask me, hey, what are your top three movies? Last Crusade is always gonna be in the top three, right? And so, You saying you don't read the Bible because it's a little difficult to understand and be like me saying, hey, I'm never gonna watch an Indiana Jones movie ever again because the fourth one was terrible, right? It's just not like terrible comparison, but sometimes we throw out the baby with the bathwater and we're like, hey, you know what? Some of it is, but the truth is, it's not that it's overly confusing. It's that we don't wanna put the work in to understand the word of God. Last week, Pastor Justin said something that, that is so true. He said, you make time for what you wanna make time for. And either you make time to study the word of God or you're like the 90%, 91% of American adults who do not take the time on a daily basis. An astronomer is gonna know about the universe, gonna know about the galaxies and all that stuff. An investor is gonna know some of the ebbs and flows of market trends, when to sell, when to invest, all that stuff. And a Christian should be a student of the word of God, knowing what it means to follow Jesus, knowing the historical significance of the old covenant and, and what it means that we are in a new, and that we should know that stuff. Man, the Bible is a big deal. And today we're gonna be talking about why the word of God is such a vital part to our relationship with God. First thing we, we understand and we realize why the Bible is important because it is God's word. It's his words to 
Uh, Psalm chapter one, verse two says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Can I tell you, there is a lot of laws in Oklahoma and Broken Arrow specifically that I do not meditate on and I do not take serious. If you're going south on Garnett and you come to the intersection of 101st and Garnett, you are not allowed to turn left between the hours of 7 and 9 a.m. and 4 to 6 p.m. My wife gets off work a little early a few weeks ago. She's heading south on Garnett. No one's coming north. No one's like, she sees a car, turn left. She's like, I'm gonna turn left as well. Been doing it for years. She's worked at the same place. We've lived in the same place for six years. Every day you get off work, you turn left. Never had an issue. And so a few weeks ago, she turns left, car in front of her. She sees an unmarked police car, pull the car over in front of her. She's like, oh, they must be enforcing that. He points at her and says, you pull over too. By the time she gets pulled over, puts her car in park, it is 4.02 p.m., two minutes after the, t- the cutoff time. Can I tell you, I do not delight in that law. Broken Arrow, I am glad that we're in this city, but there's some of your rules that don't make sense. Thanks for having us. Um, just gonna make sure. I think, we, I think we have that certificate of occupancy. Just gotta make sure. Anyway, but in Psalm chapter one, where it says, those that delight in the law of the Lord, there's a synonymous word that we could put. It says the word of God, right? Those are kind of inter- the word of God, the law of the Lord. Why would we delight in the law of the Lord? Why would we delight in the word of God? Because it's his words to us. Because he cared enough to give his words and his commands to us. Man, who am I that you are mindful of me? You give me your words and I delight in that, that I meditate on, that I think about it. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. All scripture is inspired. Some translations say God breathed. And there's a word that I'm not gonna pronounce because I'll absolutely butcher it in the Greek and it's used one time in the whole Bible and it's in connection with the word of God and it literally means God breathed. The way your vocal cords work are, are your air passes over your vocal cords. They vibrate to make sounds. Those sounds make words. Those words communicate thoughts and ideas And it's painting this picture that God is inspiring, that he is speaking to the authors as they are writing down what he is commanding them, what he is inspiring them to write. And God found it important that in 2 Timothy, for Paul to convey this idea that all scripture, and all means all, even those parts in numbers where it's like so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so begat so-and-so, you know what I'm talking about, those parts where you're like, Yep, all right, I read that. That was my daily reading, right? Got through, right? Even those parts, those parts are inspired by God. Those parts are spoken by God. But the Bible is literally the spoken words of God. And scripture has this unique characteristic of being God's voice to us. It has this unique ability of, of being God's revelation to us. It has this unique ability of being his, showing us his will on how to live. Man, you'll hear people say, give me a word from the Lord, pastor, but they don't wanna open the word of God. Man, if you want God to speak to you, get in the word. If you want a revelation from God, get in the word. If you want God to speak to you audibly, read it out loud, right? That's God's word to you, right? God spoke to Moses as a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah in a still small voice. He spoke to the nation of Israel through Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, the other prophets. And he speaks to us through his word. Michael, that book's old, it's outdated. Sure, there's some cool stories 
Man, there's some interesting things on how to live and how to treat others and how to be a better person. There's no way that book, that book is a few thousand years old. There's no way it's still relevant to our lives. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that we're to be grounded in his words so we're not swayed by these new teachings. That we know what it says because we know what his voice is speaking to us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse seven and eight. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The Bible is still relevant and it's still true for believers because God's words do not change. They don't have an expiration date. His word stands forever. The Bible's a big deal because they're God's words. The Bible's a big deal because it's our foundation. First, or, or, Psalm chapter one, verse three says, they are like trees planted along the riverbanks. Who is they? They are those that delight in the law of the Lord. They are those that meditate on it day and night. What are the, what's the result? They are like trees planted along the riverbanks. Someone who engages, who studies, who interacts with the word of God on a daily basis. Psalm one gives us illustration of someone who is rooted, who is grounded in stable, fertile soil. Jesus said in Luke chapter six, verse 47 through 49, said, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruin. Actively engaging in the word of God. I mean, not just this passive, hey, the, the notification on my phone gives me the verse of the day. Cool, check that off my list. But actively engaging in the word of God gives us a solid foundation. foundation. Jesus said, anyone who listens, and then what? Follows. Right? There's this information taken and then there's this application lived out. But someone who listens and follows is like someone who builds their house on a firm foundation. For whatever reason, I get a lot of people that will come to me and, and, and share what they're going with, what, what they're going through, what they're struggling with. And I, I don't mind. Maybe it's because I have an approachable demeanor. Or I don't know what it is. Um, I probably just need to be frowning a lot more on my phone. They're like, Michael, will you pray for me? No. Like, go on, like, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm totally good with people coming and sharing with me and, um, and letting me know what's going on. But it's very interesting because in those interactions, it's not very difficult to tell who is grounded in the word of God and who's not. Someone's talking to me, someone who's grounded in the word, they're not ignorant of their situation. They're not ignoring their problems. They're just not destroyed by them. Someone who's not grounded in the truth, who's not grounded in the word of God, who doesn't have that firm foundation, there's no hope. There's no peace, there's no security, there's no joy. Why? Because there's no knowledge of who God is. If they knew who God was, they would have a different perspective on their problem. Problems are still there. Jesus said in Luke chapter six, hey, the floodwaters are coming against those who are grounded and those who aren't. The difference is what the foundation is built on. Man, what is your foundation? I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. 
I took an intro to philosophy class when I was a freshman in college. And whoever thought making an 18 or 19 year old search the mysteries of life and the search for truth was a great idea, they should probably find a different job. Like that was a terrible idea. I was just like, hey, is this gonna be on the test? Do I have homework? Because I'm about to go play Halo for 12 hours. Like I just wanna make sure that that assignment fits into my evening plans. I didn't care about that. But the reality is people have been searching for truth since the beginning of history. Can I tell you where truth is found? It's in the word of God. And when you have that solid foundation, you're not shaken. The book of James, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, all tell us to be rooted and grounded in the word of God so that we're not pulled away. And so that when we hear something that sounds kind of close, we know the difference. Man, I'm gonna butcher this quote, but someone, might've been Spurgeon as well, said that the difference in correct doctrine is the difference between right and almost right. And a lot of us are falling for almost right because we don't have the foundation. It is vital to our life. Psalm chapter 119, verse five, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word, what is his word? It's the Bible. God's word is not some suggestion, but it's a guide to show us how to properly navigate the narrow path that as followers of Christ, we are called to walk. How to have hope in the midst of storms, how to have peace. God's word points out what's wrong in our lives so it can correct us. It's not a suggestion. It's not some buffet where we take a little bit of this Oh, don't get drunk with too much wine. I'm having juice for lunch, right? And then, oh man, treat others how you wanna be treated? No, I'm good. Like, no, 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 no. It's all or nothing. All scripture is inspired in God's words. The Bible's a big deal because it's God's word to us. It's our foundation. And lastly, it's where we grow. It's where we grow. Psalm chapter one, verse three says, they are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I'm not a farmer by any stretch of the imagination, never planned one. I did uh, play Farmville when that was popular on Facebook for a little bit, so, you know, whatever. But I do know that there are different seasons where fruit is ripe and where it's not. I know that, I think, is it Thunderbird Farms? It's about coming to that time where you can go pick blueberries and blackberries down, I think, in East Broken Arrow. You can go that way. They're about to be ripe and ready to pick. Um, you know, the leaves are full, trees are green in the fall. Leaves are gonna change colors. In the winter, the trees are gonna go dormant. In spring, they're gonna bloom. Summer, they're gonna um, be green and lush, right? They have seasons where they're good, where they're dormant, where they're not doing, where they're not producing, where they are producing. Psalm chapter one tells us that those who are grounded in the word of God, who are planted in its truth, man, you don't have seasons where you produce and where you are green, you are producing fruit every season. It says that their leaves never wither. They produce fruits all the time. You are constantly feeding yourself because you are a constant need of growth. As followers of Christ, we don't just read the Bible once and think we're good, right? I just read Psalm 119, verse 105. All right, I never have to read that one again. Check that one off the list. When I was in high school, I had a teen study Bible and it had like the, the list of all the books and then there was like a little check mark after you read that chapter and you could check it off. Guess what? Once I checked that box off, I wasn't like, I'm gonna go back and read John chapter one. It's like, no, I read that, right? It's like, that is my to-do list. The Bible was a checklist of things to do, right? We need to constantly be in the word because we need to constantly be growing more and more like him. I uh, 
have got a, 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 or just pulled a brisket off a smoker this morning and I'm about to go feed myself and it's gonna be delicious and I'm looking forward to it and I've still got like that smell of smoke on my hands and it's awesome. Guess what? I'm eating lunch for today. What am I gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna eat lunch again because I have an inner fat kid that I have to control and rein in, right? And then I'll eat lunch again on Tuesday. I'm not eating lunch today for next Memorial Day weekend. I'm eating lunch for today. Everyone take a breath. You took a breath for the next moment. You're not taking a breath in preparation for two weeks from now. A lot of times we read the word of God and we're like, read it, done, I'm good. Mm -mm. No, Jesus was a student of the word. He took what it said seriously in Psalm where he had hidden the word in his heart. And when he was, um, when he was tempted, what did he do? He quoted the word. I don't know about you guys, but every day there are situations where I need to think back and reference what the word says. And you can't pull that. Justin says it all the time. You can't hide what you don't have. And you can't quote the scripture if you're not in the scripture and you don't know the scripture. And I love this quote by D.L. Moody. He says, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. For us to think that having just a shallow understanding of God's word is enough for us to think that, hey, I'm good, right? I read that scripture of the day, I'm good, is enough. Man, you show me that person, I'll show you someone who's self-righteous and thinks that a shallow understanding of God and everything that he has for us is good enough. Man, casually reading the Bible is great, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Reading the Bible as fast as you can or reading the Bible in a year is, is fantastic. It gives you this big picture idea of what's happening. So you're familiar with the stories. You're familiar um, with, with the historical uh, evidence and the prophets and, 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 the, and the Psalms and the Proverbs and all that stuff like that. And you're familiar with the Gospels. I read this quote and it, and it, it stuck out probably because it rhymed and it was cool. It said, reading the Bible gives you breadth, right? It gives you this wide overview. Reading the Bible gives you breadth, but studying the Bible gives you depth, and as followers of Christ, we aren't called to stay at surface level when it comes to the things of God. We aren't called to be shallow followers of God. We're called to be fully devoted, committed followers, maturing in our faith. Hebrews chapter five, verses 12 through 14. says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For somebody who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Man, one of the reasons why the church, and I mean the universal church, the big church, and I'm including Foundations Church in this. One of the reasons why the church doesn't wield the power that God has entrusted to it. One of the reasons why the church doesn't have the authority or have the impact is because we have a lot of surface level believers. Man, I've got to feed my son every day. And some days it's a struggle. Some days he just wants to watch cartoons and some days he has no interest in food at all. I still have to get him his nourishment because if I don't, he's not going to grow and not going to be strong right? He's going to be lacking. And, and if I don't feed him or he doesn't get those into that caloric intake um, and get that daily nourishment, he could eventually be labeled with failure to thrive. And what that means for kids is it means that they're measured against kids around their same age. And failure to thrive means that there is, um, uh, they are below that metric. And if a kid is, is labeled failure to thrive long enough, 
it could stunt their growth, it could have developmental issues, right? It's an issue that needs to be addressed. And in the church, there seems to be this rampant failure to thrive where there are, are, are Christians who say they've been Christians for a long time, but there's no growth in their life. Why? Because they have not been in the word. I'd be like, man, how long have you been a Christian? I don't know, four or five years. That's awesome. And you must be leading and teaching and discipling, right? Uh, no, what's wrong with you? So you're telling me, and this isn't a knock, this is just an observation. You're telling me we will let someone educate our kids who have had four years of training. We will entrust our lives to medical professionals, nurses who have had four years of training, four years of studying, four years of college. But as followers of Christ, when we've been following him four or five years, we're still like, oh, no, that's not for me. I don't know about that. How long were the disciples with Jesus? One, two, three years. And what happened after that? He said, hey, I'm leaving, but I'm gonna send you a comforter, right? I'm gonna send you someone else, the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, we have the Holy Spirit as well. Oh, shocker. Same one. We have his words and his teachings right here. And for a lot of us, we're labeled failure to thrive because there's no knowledge and application of his word. This is where we grow. This is how we become deeper followers of Christ. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. I've had half of a banana and some coffee today. I am hungry and I'm looking forward to lunch. I'm surprised this mic hasn't picked up my stomach growling, right? You guys get hangry when you miss a meal. Do you get hungry when you miss a day in the word? Jesus said, he said uh, when, when he's, interacting with Satan in, in the wilderness, he said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man, I'm wondering how some of us are still alive spiritually when we haven't even been digging into the word on a daily basis. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. There are days where I miss, but just like me missing a meal, I feel it. I'm like, dadgummit, I gotta get back in the word. I gotta get back in the word. Right, I'm, I'm feeling weak, I'm feeling vulnerable. I, I'm, I, I can tell that, that hope and that, like, that peace that comes from knowing God isn't there. Why? Because I haven't been in his word. We should be hungry for the word of God. We should be hungry for the things of God. When you read the Bible cover to cover, from Adam and Eve all the way through, if you pay attention, you can see the story of God redeeming his people all the way through from the Old Testament, from Adam and Eve, where he provided for them after they were kicked out of the garden to where people started sacrificing and calling on the name of the Lord from the, from the law in the Old Testament. You see glimpses, if you pay attention even closer to everything pointing to Jesus and him being that last sacrifice, that final atonement for our sins. That story is found in this book. And if you're unfamiliar with the book, you're unfamiliar with the story. You're unfamiliar with what Jesus has done for you and the price that he paid. Can I tell you that if you're in this room today, you're not here by coincidence. You're here for a reason. God doesn't work in coincidence. He works in providence. Everything lined up for a reason. And if you're in this room, it's for a reason. John chapter six, verse 44 says, no one comes to me unless the father draws him. It's Jesus talking. Man, and if you're in this room and you know you're not where you need to be, it's not 
it's, no, it's not because you're just like, oh, I feel guilty. No, it's because the Holy Spirit has been working on you. It's because God has been drawing you back to him. And if you know you're not where you need to be, I'm gonna ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. But if you know you're not where you need to be, it is because God has been working on you. From the foundation of the earth, the Bible says, it was God's plan to redeem his people. From the beginning of time, everything working for a reason, leading up to you being in this room, leading up, it's not guilt that's drawing you, it's the Holy Spirit, God saying, come back, come back. God draws, we believe. And today I'm gonna count to three, and if you're in this room, and you say, Michael, I don't have a foundation, but I know something needs to change. I know I'm not where I need to be. Can I tell you that, man, just respond to what God is doing. Step out in faith. And I'm gonna count to three. And if you're in this room and you say, Michael, I'm, I know I'm not where I need to be, respond to what God is doing simply by raising your hand. And I'm gonna pray over you. And we're gonna have some people kind of walk you through what's next. And on the count of three, if that's you, simply raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here say, that's me? Michael, I need to respond to what God is doing. I'm stepping out in faith saying, I believe what Jesus did, that he paid the price for my sins. And I'm gonna live my life in submission and obedience to him. Anyone, simply raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, let's pray. Father, we come before you today. God, you see these hands that are lifted. God, I pray today is not just an emotional pull, God, but it is a transformational moment. God, that you are working on their lives. And today is the day of their salvation as they stepped out in faith. God, move, work in them. God, change their lives and let them be like you. Today, they're a new creation. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we celebrate the life change that happened today? Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.